I have the privilege of doing the honors today, bringing forth the word. So just sit down, relax, as uh, we pray that God will use us to minister his word to you. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. Thank you for this is the day that you have made. We rejoice in it and we are glad. We rejoice because you are Lord. You are our God. You are on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? We thank you for the life of your son in our lives. And we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. Amen. It's a good day to be in God's house today. Hallelujah. I heard someone say, the unbelieving ought to be taught how to receive salvation and the believing should also be taught how to receive from the spirit of God. Both are the same principles. Okay? Both are the same principles that you receive salvation, the same principle to receive healing, deliverance, and breakthrough. Because salvation or redemption is a package. Within that package is healing, deliverance, and breakthrough. So the day that, whether it's in a church or wherever, that you said that sinner's prayer, you confess Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. That same thing that happened, nothing changed on your body. Sometimes nothing changed even in your life. You just felt that and it said you were born again. You still had the habits. You are born again. You still had your issues. You go back home. Your wife quarrel with you or you quarrel with your wife or your children. Whatever, you go back into the same thing that you were in, in the very beginning. So I do not know what actually changed on you the day you got born again. You felt good at the, at the altar. You felt good when they prayed for you. But then when you go back to what really life is, all right, things have not changed. But God has done something inside of you. Are you here with me? All right. So someone called Christianity the great, the great confession. And we see that in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Can you put that on the board? All right. So when you give your life and you came in front of the altar and you said those words, as I said, it's almost like you entered into a building and you are into the foyer of Christendom. And some people from that point on, they don't make any other declaration. They said, if you read Romans 10, it, you confess unto salvation. For thou, if thou will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart... Man, believe 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Get it? Men believe where? In maths, that word unto. All right? It like how they have pi, 3.14. But it got other numbers after that. So it's unto. It doesn't really, until salvation takes place, when Jesus comes and we go, but you are being, you are confessing unto righteousness. Hallelujah. Yes, you are righteous because he is righteous, but you will not see, because somebody say, you are saved, you are being saved, and you shall be saved. You were saved when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. So your spirit is saved. Your soul is being saved as you are being sanctified through fellowship, through reading of the word. You are being saved. Hallelujah. And you shall be saved when Jesus comes and takes you out of this world. Hallelujah. So with the heart man believes unto and with the mouth confession is made unto. Hallelujah. So if it's healing, confession is made unto your healing. If the pastor prays for you and you do not pray for yourself, it's a miracle if you get saved there. But most of the time, Jesus will say, be it unto you according to your faith or according to what you are said. Hallelujah. It is unto salvation that you are saved. So can you go back to verse 10, verse 9? That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you are saying, when you say Jesus Christ is Lord, you are saying that Jesus is the champion of this universe. Hallelujah. He is the master. He came and he entered into the death experience and mastered it. His death was swallowed up in victory. Death in all of his faces. Death in all of his peculiarness. He came and he did it done. Hallelujah. Master. That's what you say when you say Jesus is Lord. When something is giving you a hard time. You shouldn't want to wait until you come to the altar to say Jesus is Lord. Something giving you hard time. You should get up and be mad and just, just declare, Jesus is Lord. One, two, three. Let's go together. One, two, three. Woo! Hallelujah. You open your door. Sometimes you just open your door in your neighborhood and just shout in the atmosphere to get rid of some stress, you know. <laughs> Don't you know that Jesus Christ is Lord? When it comes to your finances, your children, your marriage, go and find a hiding place. You shall come. Someone said, 
Confession builds the road upon which faith carries its mighty cargo. I say that again. Confession builds the road upon which faith will carry a mighty cargo. But if your confession is only the day you got saved, that road only bicycle may go. Then you're wondering why certain things can't come your way. If thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you are not just confessing out of your head, you're confessing what you have come to believe about what Jesus Christ has done. So if your revelation of what Jesus Christ has done is minute, is small, then your confession will be small. That road will be little. You, you do not give God much to work with you and for you. Are you listening to me? As I said, someone said Christianity is called the great confession. Uh, the apostle Paul calls this what I'm talking about, the spirit of faith. So go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, we having, I love that, we having the same spirit of faith. We are not having coronavirus. You, you, are you hearing me? What we have is contagious. We have the spirit of faith. If you stay around someone who has the spirit of faith, it jumps off on them and it jumps on you. Are you listening to me? All right. So you're around someone who makes audacious declarations oh yeah you can see joshua when joshua looked at the sun and said for the sun to be still so he can annihilate his enemies it said god hearkened to his voice where did joshua get to know that that was on the menu for a man of god to ask god such audacious thing joshua was there when moses Lifted up his rod and spoke to the Red Sea. <laughs> Moses had been crying to God and God said, shut up. Look at the Red Sea, stretch forth your hands and declare for it to part. Are you here with me? Well, you hang with people who are having the same spirit of faith. It jumps, hallelujah, off you and jumps on that person. Are you listening to me? And he says, according as it is written, I, can we say it together? One, two, three. And therefore, we also, and therefore we speak. It is almost like a formula. Everything in Christianity is said by grace are we saved. And that is not of yourself, but it's by faith, you are saved by grace, but it takes faith to be able to download everything that Jesus has done for you. 
on Calvary. And this is the way faith works. Faith has a two-pronged way of working. One is by knowledge. You acquire knowledge by getting into the word. That's what it says. All right. Believing. You cannot believe if you do not know. So the little you know, as I said again, your faith is small. Your confession is small. All right? So believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You go and study all that pertains to that. And you continue to declare that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Don't just know it in your head, but know it and say it. In the name of Jesus. What did I say? Know it and then say it. So Paul here was, he was um, uh, speaking what the psalmist has said in Psalm uh, uh, 116, verse 8 to 10. Can we go there? So get, get, get your flipping fingers. I got a lot of points today. As I said in the first service, today I'm like a fat man caught in a barbed wire. A barbed wire fence. I have a point here and I have a point there. All right? In the name of Jesus. All right? So he says there, are you there with me? Psalm 116, verse 8 to 10. Yes. For you have delivered my soul or my life from death. The, 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 the psalmist says, I shall not die. This is his confession. I shall not die. You have delivered my life. I don't believe this is something that David only said once. You remember David before Goliath? You remember David before the lion, the bear? This is something that David made a lifestyle. You have delivered my soul from death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I shall live and not die. I shall live to declare the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. I still have much to accomplish here on earth. I cannot die. I got to see my children's children. Sickness. Get your hands off me. Jesus died for that. More. And this you make your confession all through. Are you here with me? He said you have delivered my soul or my, my, my life from death. You have delivered my eyes from tears. What I was crying about, I will cry about no longer because I am a winner in Jesus. All things work together for my good. So this particular problem, you are my houseboy. Shabros. You are my servant. You are my slave. Oh man, that's how Joseph saw himself. God has said at his age of 17 that this boy will be a prince and he found himself in Potiphar's house. In his mind, he is saying that over 
I'm a leader. So even in Potiphar's house, he became a leader. In prison, he became a leader. All things is working together for his good. I'm saying you are a winner at all times. Despite what you see, your circumstances, you agree with God's word and you say what God has said about you, your finances, your health. What God has said is what you say. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? You have delivered my eyes from tears. I'm a winner. Me and my household, we are winners in life. And because of his death, we win also. Hallelujah. Yes. The songwriter says, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eyes, they're on the sparrow. I know he watches. His eyes, their own. Yes, I know. Watch this. Oh, I sing because. Hallelujah. I sing because I'm. Oh, his eyes. They're on. I'm a winner. I know. He watches. You have delivered my eyes from tears. I don't know who's been crying here. Stop crying. Stop crying about that. Jesus has taken care of it. Verse 9 says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe. Therefore, I have spoken. I believe. It's, it's, it's like a formula. What you believe in your heart about what Jesus did for you with your finances, with your health, you say it. Hallelujah. The reason for which the Apostle Paul has such confidence is that he had a revelation of, from God in Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse 21 to 23, we see there he says, And you that were sometimes alienated from God, you were enemies in your mind by wicked works. You see it there? 
Yet, now, even with all of that happening, yet, when God sees you because of what Jesus has done, you are reconciled with him. You know, some people, they cannot forgive themselves. Oh, yes. They can't forgive themselves. Things have happened, and all sorts of things are happening, and the different things that's going inside of you emotionally, that is what is actually causing you to have such illness. I, I said to the first service, I, I know of a man of God who he had a son that he loved. I think the boy was more about 18 when the boy passed. That affected the man of God emotionally. The man of God is no more. He himself because of some illness. I've noticed when people are under stress, when people feel frustrated, these things are horrible. They do horrible things to our bodies and we welcome, we welcome them. All kinds of diseases we welcome in ourselves. And then we the pastors can pray for you, but let, let, me, let me just call them anxiety. You are anxious at your job. You know, the boss is just causing you to always be anxious. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. And all of a sudden, there's all kinds of sickness and diseases developing because of that anxiety. Depression, stress, anger, confusion, and strife amongst you. I found out, even as a pastor, first our first year of marriage, sometimes we're arguing. And I found out during the moments, sometimes in my last or week, I'm a man of God. But me and my wife will have it good. But in that time, I found out then the children start getting sick. We start losing money. Then I, the man of God, will look at it and say, oh, no, 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 no. And I get it right. But I didn't learn my lesson for a long time. Okay. Those are the times that you sleep at the edge of the bed. Your own bed that you pay for, you sleep at the edge of the bed. Confusion and strife. They say where there's strife, there's every evil work. So we come, we pray for you, but when you go home, you suck into it. You're ready to fight. And we have prayed for you. Are you, are you here with me? These are not good for your health. Get rid of them now. In the name of Jesus. Unforgiveness. Let go and see your health spring forth. In the name of Jesus. If you are here and you are holding someone captive, you're holding yourself captive. I declare that you are forgiven. When you read the next verse, he says you are alienated, enemies in your mind. In the body of his flesh, through death, he presented you. Can we read it together? You are what? No, number two. 
he, he sees you as holy. He sees you as unblameable. He sees you as unreprovable. There's nothing God himself can come and charge you for. Why? Because of what Jesus did for you on Calvary Cross. I don't care what you did. I don't care what another person did to you because of the blood of Jesus. God sees you as holy so you can forgive yourself. Hallelujah. Whatever you have done, hear God's word, you are forgiven. He presents you to himself as holy, unblameable, and unreprovable where? In his sight. So you can forgive yourself. Tell somebody, I forgive myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. I forgive my wife. I forgive my children. Anybody who has anything against me, I have something against them. Today is Jubilee. You can, you can, look, sometimes someone credits money from you, big sum of money, but the person is not picking up your phone. The person, and you holding that, you know, it could also be a Christian brother, Christian sister. And every time you see the person, that anger just, my wife said to me, Sangha, let's just give that money. Today, we part with that money for friendship and for our own health. Just give it. It was hard to give. But because my wife said so, I let it go. So today you can see the person and they wave, you can hug. I'm speaking to someone. And in this, when you do so, your healing springs up rapidly. In the name of Jesus. Are you here with me? So he says there, if you continue, can you, I, want, I, want to, I want to see that particular part. I think verse 23, verse 23 leads me to my next chapter. If you continue in faith grounded, that's what I'm saying. It's not, he does not present you holy, unblameable, and unreproachable in his sight when you die and go. No, he said, if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which we have preached. We have preached it to every creature. Paul was mad. Imagine that. We have preached it to what? Every creature which is under heaven. As far as Paul was concerned, the gospel had been preached. And he said, we as believers, we should be grounded and settled in it. We are not moving away from the hope of the gospel. Hallelujah. For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So I cannot move from the gospel. I have to, I have to be mindful of the word of God. I have to treat it secret. Are you listening to me? All right, so go with me now to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, he said, my son, pay attention to my words. Hallelujah. Your marriage... 
my son, my daughter, pay attention to my words. One bishop says here, I preach, please go and get the CD and listen to it. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, God gives the increase. Paul preached the gospel. Apollos preached the same thing that Paul preached. So you can equate the watering process to you hearing the word of God. That same word that was preached to hear it not once, not twice. Hear it three, four, five, six, seven. Pay attention to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings or incline your ears to what I'm saying. Make an effort. The pastor preached. And then we are about to do and discuss it in care groups. He said, but why are we discussing the same thing we heard on Sunday? The reason why is because some of the stuff that was preached went over your head. And therefore, we are trying to get you to not only, you know how the cow eats, it eats, eats, eats the curd, it swallows and regurgitates, and eats, 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 swallows, regurgitates, eats, eats, eats. <laughs> There was a brother during the Civil War who stopped with us. And the young man in the house noticed him doing that. He said, Pastor P, you know he does that? I said, what? After we have eaten, he's all by himself. Then he brings it out. I know it's gross, yes. And then he said, the other day, I noticed him chewing, but I haven't seen him eating anything. So I was watching him. And because at the time, food was very scarce. So after, he will. That's what God wants you to do. You are pondering over what God has said. You are not letting it slip. You are being watchful because there's a devil who's going around to make sure that word does not enter your heart or does not stay there. He said, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep it in the center. Let us remain there. Don't be like that little child that you're learning how to, to plant a seed. You put it there and the child, you water it and you say, okay, it will grow. Mommy, you sure it will grow? Yes. And you plant it and you water it the first day and you go. And then the next day, he comes to you. Mommy, it is not growing. No, no, go and put it back. Let it remain in the soil. He says there, let not my words depart from before you. Make an effort to keep my word in the center of your heart. He says, for there, you know, 
the day that your child leaves everything, and then all of a sudden, the first day when the child sees a change in the seed, oh, mommy, the roots. And then when the leaves come, oh, mommy, it's excitement. He says there, for they are life to those that find them. That word you've been confessing, there will become a day. That word, one day you're just sitting down, a rhema word rises up in your heart. It just comes in your mouth. It is not from you. Like Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. But that word, hallelujah, that word comes from a father. That word, you can bet your bottom on it that that word is medicine to all of your flesh. It's because you've kept God's word in your heart. Are you listening to me? I feel the anointing in this place. Hallelujah. I'm talking to someone here. Hebrews 6 verse 12. Hebrews 6 verse 12. Glory be to God. And he says there, people who are not going to repeat God's word. He said, you are lazy. You are lazy. He said, do not be slothful or do not be lazy. But be ye followers, be ye imitators of them who through faith and what? They are able to do what? Or obtain the promises of God. God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. They are very sure. Through God's promises, you and myself become partakers of God's divine nature. But for that to happen, he says there, you can't be slothful. You can't be lazy. So I told a story about Abraham. You know the story about Abraham, how in Genesis 12, Abraham had come to hear from God and God told him, I will bless you. I will make of you a nation. I'll make your name great. Those that bless you, I will bless them. Those that curse you, I will curse them. And Abraham believed God and God said, that's righteousness. By Genesis 15, I want you to go there with me. I love it. Genesis 15. Genesis 15. Start off verse 1. I didn't tell them this, so. Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and I am your exceeding great reward. Next verse. Look at Abraham. I love Abraham. And Abraham said to the Lord, what will you give? By now, this man is rich. Just from his household, 400 men, he was able to defeat five kings. So he had an army, people who he read up in his house. So he has a lot of money. All right? God had blessed him. So God comes to him to have a conversation and tells him, I am your shield. 
I'm the one who protects you. I am your exceeding great reward. Listen to him talking to God. What will you give me, seeing that I go childless and the steward of my house, this Eliezer of Damascus, he will inherit all. The, you haven't blessed me. God took him out. Let's go out. All right. Can you calm the stars? He said, no. Look at the sand. Can you calm the sand? So shall your seed be. They say, Abraham believed God. And God said, that's righteousness. By Genesis 17, no child yet. So God had to step in to help my brother. When God gets ready to change someone's life, he touches your mouth. Listen now. He touches your mouth. One of the first things that faith does, faith moves your mouth. If you say you are walking in faith and your mouth has not been moved to align with what God is saying about you, there's no faith. That's God's faith now working for Abraham, but for this one, for child to come out of him, he had to play a part. Change his name from Abraham to Abraham, father of many nations. And he had the audacity to agree with it, all like himself, no child. His wife, barren. And then you calling yourself father. Can you, can you hear the laughter in his village? When he's passing around and everybody, <laughs> he and Sarah, they are beside themselves. We know them from the time they got married. Nothing is happening. As old as he is, then he's calling himself and they laughed, laughing behind their back. But he has gotten them to agree with him also. They are calling him it, and he's calling it himself. I say when God gets ready to do something with someone, he changes. You remember the apostle Paul? He was Saul, but God changed his name to what? You remember the apostle Peter? He was Simon. When God got rid of him, he changed his name from Simon to what? To Peter. When God gets ready from Bethel, we are changed to what? Get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. He changes the things you say about yourself. So God changed Abraham's name. So let's see those who through faith and patience were able to obtain the promises of God. Mark 5. Mark 5, 25 to 34. This in the Amplified. Oh, he said, a certain woman had an issue of blood 12 years. She had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians. You know, you go to the hospital. They say this, you pay. 
nothing happened. You pay, nothing happened. They're just draining your insurance. It's just draining your money. And she spent all that she had and was no better, but instead, she grew worse. So this lady, she is desperate. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus. I believe this lady just did not only hear. She visited some of his preaching and saw him lay hands and people recovering. And she came up behind him in a throng and she touched his garment. Continue. For she kept, you see that word? She kept saying. After the first time when she saw Jesus heal people, she said, if he touches people and they get healed, then someone can touch him. I believe that if I touch him, I will be healed. I mean, I can see her in her kitchen, you know, for, 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 for our women, you know. If I can just, she's psyching herself up in her kitchen while she is cooking. Yes, I'm tired with this thing. They have eaten all of my money, but I see free miracle taking place over there. If I can just touch his garment. She having a whole prayer meeting, a whole deliverance session on herself. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, it can happen. She psyched herself up to go out. Why? Because in those days, a woman who has an issue of blood should not be outside. So she goes against the grain. Oh God, I told you, faith without action is zero. So she is saying it, and now all of a sudden, she got the boldness to go out. And Jesus does not travel by himself. Jesus is saying he is in a throne. And this lady, I want to believe she gets on her knees, you know, and she's trying to push because it's her, his garment, right? So, so she can't come up and be up here in his face and then go down. No, she has to like, all right, I'm getting down there. Excuse me. And I can see those men. But move. What are you doing here? Move. And she's just saying, excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me. If I can only just touch his garment. Hallelujah. She's going. Her faith is taking her. Hallelujah. And the scripture says she shall be restored. And immediately her blood, the flow of blood was dried up from the source. And suddenly she felt in her body that she had been healed. And Jesus recognizing it himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth. He turned immediately into the crowd. And he said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, you see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides and you ask who touched me? Still, he kept looking around to see her. But the woman knowing what had been done in her, though she was alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. This is what I like. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Go into peace and be continually healed and free from your bodily disease. 
Hallelujah. What you did today, continue doing it. Be continually healed. Some sickness, they are strong. Some people say they are pernicious, like cancer. You think it's gone, it comes back. Jesus said, be continually. Don't give it chance. Every morning, you take your communion. You take the body, you take the bread, you take the juice representing the body and the blood of your Lord Jesus Christ. And you tell sickness, you tell diseases, you tell all of those things that are coming against you. Jesus, my Lord, the great shepherd of the sheep that God brought back from the dead, he is master of you. And he lives in me and I live in him. You have no place here. He said, continually heal. Are, are you here with me? That's not being lazy. Some things just got to change. Luke, Luke 17, Luke 17. Luke 17, 11 to 19. You know the story of the lepers, the 10 lepers. It came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men. They were lepers. I love this. They stood afar off. They lifted up their voice. And I said, when Jesus is traveling, Jesus travels with an entourage. People just dare the noise, all the ladies, everybody, oh. It's not there alone. Who's asking, son of David, have mercy. Heal us. I believe the whole place, people are clamoring after him. But they lifted up their voices and said, when Jesus saw them, somehow in the crowd, Jesus looking, and he sees them afar off. I love it. Jesus didn't pray for them. What did Jesus say? <laughs> I said, when God gets ready to change your life, one of the first things he changes or he touches is your mouth. But I have heard it said, actions are louder than words. James said it like this, show me your faith and I'll show you my works. So Jesus tells these dudes, Go show yourself to the priest. But right there, you will look at yourself, but nothing. You have not. You, like, like Naaman, you, you, you did not even come to come and lay hands or pray for me. You just, uh, but they had the audacity when Jesus said, Go. They were far because they were lepers, and lepers were supposed to be held within a secluded place. But when he said, go, you know, go when Bishop last week was telling some people, lift up your hands. 
Do what you cannot do or you shouldn't be doing. That's it here. Go show yourself. The scripture says it came to pass that as they went, whilst they were going, having believed the word from the Lord Jesus Christ, they received the healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we can pray for you. Hallelujah. Oh, you might not feel it, but look, move something. Do something. Hallelujah. Lift up something. Shikaraba. Hallelujah. Start going in the direction of what God has said about you. You can't say, I believe God, and you stay put one place, nothing happening, and say, in him I move. In him I live. In him I have my very essence. You can't stay put in Jesus and keep quiet. Are you here with me? And lastly, we have the story of the centurion. He tells Jesus, I'm an officer. I am under authority. And I have people under my authority. I have my child. And say so he was beseeching him. Go to the next verse. And the centurion answered and said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my house. Just speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goes. I say to another one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. And when Jesus heard it, what? I said, Jesus marveled. Can you imagine the one who created the universe? The one who was, is, and is to come. He has seen it all. <laughs> For you to surprise him. <laughs> the son of God should not be somebody who can be surprised. He knows it all. But that day, the centurion caused him to be wild. He said, I've never seen such faith. Not in Israel. And he tells him, go. Hallelujah. Go. Your daughter is healed. I'm talking about what God has placed in your mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. In Jesus' name. Can we all stand? I don't know what you came to church for. I don't know what you are going through. But there, there may be an impetuous situation. Standing, looming before you. It might be immigration papers. It might just be some boss man, boss lady, who somehow always threatening you. 
could be just some ailment that you have. It's been there and it just can't give you rest. Bishop said, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But I will trouble your trouble. And he troubles your trouble when you get God's word and you remind that trouble about who Jesus is. I see you. I understand that you are here. But there is one greater who is here also. I will not back down. You backing off. You getting out of my life. You are getting out of my marriage. You are getting out of my business. My finances. You are getting out in the name of Jesus. I am leaving this bed. I am getting up. I will eat. Even though I don't feel like eating. I will eat. I will go out. I will walk in the name of Jesus. That's how you should be. You can't be a Christian. And so you are sick. Oh my people. Oh, my people. Oh, darling. I'm dying. You will die. You will die. You will die. If you, you continue like that, you are calling death upon yourself. This marriage, this marriage, I can't deal with it any longer. I can't do for if, if it comes, that will divorce. We'll divorce. We'll divorce. You will divorce. You will divorce. You will divorce because you are speaking it upon yourself. This job, this job. This job, I'm tired of this job. This job, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Look at you. You have the greater one living inside of you. He said, thanks be to God who causes us to triumph always. Don't be a disrepute to his name and to his blood. Be a Christian and let God's word come out of your mouth. Look at the situation and as we say back home, pata pata. Today, I time my ways. Shika. See, I see the African-American girls that will, they're going to fight. <laughs> take off that wig. Because when they hold it, take it off, man. Put on pants. It's about time. Enough is enough. Hallelujah. Makarama. <laughs> <laughs> I heard in my ear just now. I will show you who born dog. When push comes to shove, I will show you who's who. The greater one dwells here. Hallelujah. I lift my voice against cataracts. Out in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Any growth 
who command to live in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Any sickness, any disease, we are the temple of the most high God. Get out in the name of Jesus. You have no right. He said, touch that, my anointed, and do my prophet no harm. Rebo Shabbat. I pray for your marriage. I said, be still. Anybody going through a storm in a marriage? Anybody going through a storm in the, in the businesses? I declare like Jesus, I bring peace to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and lift up your voices and thank God for what he is doing even right now in you. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, I feel that I have just left everything here on the platform. I've preached myself happy. Hallelujah. Jesus be glorified in the words that we have said. If you are here, and God did something. Don't, don't hold it. Don't, don't, don't keep the glory. So give God the glory. Find an usher. Find a pastor. Write your testimony down. Let us be able to testify about what God has done, what God has begun to do, even in and through you. You know how those evangelists can do it? They just say a general prayer. And then they have a line of people who, you know, and this person has the microphone. Pastor, whilst you are praying, this lady fell. X, Y, and Z. I want to do it at the end of the service. This lady had this thing and it just disappeared. It just disappeared. Our God can do that. Our God can do that. Whilst you are on your way home, you might just say, oh, oh, oh. Oh, or call somebody gives you a call and say, hey, 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 something has happened right in our midst. Don't hold it and don't keep it. We want to continue to say what God is doing in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen.